Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Good evening. Welcome to Actung Millwall, bringing you a sense of normality as pre-election mania kicks off and a sheer just jolt of positivity as Millwall are on the playoff hunt. My name is Aaron Ford, guiding you expertly, I hope, through this uh, this hopefully about an hour's worth of fans. Joining me today, the daddy himself, Nick Hart. How you doing, pal? I'm good. Greetings, dear listeners. It's it's a good time to be a Millwall fan at the moment. It's kind of lurched out of nowhere slightly, but suddenly it's good to be a Millwall fan after that, that performance last night. And we've got a new driver on the road. That's right, Yuri Skalak has actually <laughs> passed the fitness test and today has passed his driving test. How you doing, Mike Hayden? Yeah, Dobry Virtue, ladies and gentlemen, and I'm looking forward to seeing if the club shop has any no one likes us bumper stickers. Uh, maybe they have some of those air fresheners that might smell of a meat and potato pie as well. I'm going to have to check, but uh, pleased to have passed and happy to be here this evening. Mate, all you, all you want is a sticker that says honk if you like my 10 inch jamper. That's <laughs> what you want. That's what you want. And we are, we are looking back at last night's win at Bristol City, one of um, those sort of mythically tough places to go, Ashton Gate. Uh, and, you know, I just want to pay tribute to Millwall right now and say thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Because I was told by my boss on Monday evening, Saturday, yeah, it's either going to be Bristol City or it's going to be Nottingham Forest, Sheffield Wednesday. And do you know what? I was desperate to go to Forest rather than Sheffield Wednesday. So thank you, Millwall, for beating <laughs> Bristol City and consigning me to a trip to the city ground. I really do appreciate it. Bristol City won. Millwall 2 was the score last night at Ashton Gate. Um, I mean, a, a, a fabulous performance for, for a long, long period of the game. But, I mean, Millwall's first win at Ashton Gate since 2010. Six some beaten now. The only way is up, Nick. Yeah, it's it was a magnificent show last night. I mean, I watched it on the on the red button on Sky, and the the it wasn't HD quality, but you could tell by the, the dark blue dots moving around that that was a wonderful wonderful performance. I mean, the the quality of the football that we're playing at the moment was my point earlier on about it's come out of nowhere slightly because obviously until the departure of Neil Harris, we were a very predictable one dimensional side. In all honesty, we had this. You know, diagonal ball from Jake Cooper, normally trying to hit the big man, Matt Smith now, previously Steve Morrison. And that was kind of it. That was that was the tactic. Other than that, it was to win a free kick. 
and suddenly um, Gary Rowett seems to have um, taken all the all the same notes and just rearranged them into the right order, and suddenly we're playing football. I mean, there was there were moments in the first half where we were totally in control. I mean, we we nullified a very decent. Bristol City team that came into the game in form. I think they beat Fulham at the weekend, which is, yeah. you know, a t- they have a proverbial tough place to go. It's a decent team, well-resourced club, and they've gone there and, and turned them over. And we're making this team look like very, very bang average, as the expression goes. So, I, you know, I, I've got to take my hat off to to Gary Rowett because there's no change in personnel. There's, there's a change in approach and a change in mental attitude but it's wow it's it's paying off it was it was a pleasure to watch Millwall for 84 minutes and then the goal went in and after that it was a bit nervy but I I don't know how you feel Mike but I'm struggling to think when I last saw football as being played as well as as we have at the moment and I'm going back a long way Exactly. And it, it almost feels scandalous kind of enjoying a, an away game in the championship as a Millwall supporter. But I thoroughly enjoyed it up to about the 85th minute when they sort of pulled one back and we looked so comfortable, um, which was fantastic. And the fact that we looked so solid um, and also could play a bit of football and create chances, you know, all, all of those three things throughout the match was you know fantastic to see against a, a team which, as you said earlier, Aaron, you know, we've not won there since 2010, I believe, when we won 3-0, and um, they're fourth in the league. And to go there and play the way that we did was exceptional. And really, in the first sort of 20 minutes, I, I almost felt we could have been 3-0 up. We had such good chances yeah. with balls coming into the box and you know, not necessarily getting on the end of it. But it was, it was such a superb performance. And um, the boys just looked like, They've got used to sort of playing this way, well drilled, uh, and we just look like such a solid unit with with some obviously excellent individual contributors such as Jed Wallace. So I'm sure we'll go on to talk about in in length, but um, it was it was a fantastic uh, uh, evening and on a Tuesday night as well, where yeah. we never historically play well on a Tuesday, but um, it, it was fantastic. Wet Tuesday in Bristol. Sure. The, the the team look like they're enjoying their football, Mike. As well, this is this yeah. is the thing, you know. Mm. Um, just going back to the Neil Harris um, era, there was I think there was this kind of um, urban myth or what, what belief, whatever you want to call it, that Mill had to be four four two. They had to knock it fairly direct because uh, that's that's as good as the, the the squad that we had could could play. And you know, I, I, I take my hat off to Gary Rowett because he's got us playing um, a style. That is that is good to watch. It is direct. I mean, we, we'll get the ball forward in in the right way. And you know, it, it was as you said. You know, Tuesday night in in Bristol, pouring with rain, and it's good to watch. What what? Since when did that happen? I can't. Exactly. I'm going back a long yeah. way. Thinking back to the early nineties, yeah. last time I saw football as as well played as we have at the moment. And it's exactly what he said he would do when he came into the job. Um, he said he was going to try and sort out the away form, try some new ideas away from home. And if you look at the most previous away games, we've done it. And and, and, and he's really sorted away. And, and I don't know if Bristol City necessarily played badly. I just think we stopped any threat. They, they just did not know how to deal with that back five uh, at all. Um, that perhaps they weren't as sharp as they usually are, but we just nullified anything. We didn't even you know, get to a point where they were having a good chance. We just nullified it before they would have that opportunity to even get in the final third. They've got a player, uh, Hanoa Masengo, who plays in their midfield. Yeah. I'll tell you what, the kid's a baller. Like, they make, make no bones about it, the kid's a baller. But if you stop him playing, 
you stop them playing completely because he controls. Brownell will do some good bits, but he's not actually that good. And I think he got substituted anyway, didn't he? That much time ago. Yeah, sixty-five. Yeah. Because he was just ineffectual because they were stopping him playing. He he was completely ineffectual, and I think that even their forward line. You look at Famara Diedu, I think they call him Jeju and stuff. I don't think he's that good. I think he's another one of them sort of championship strikers that will get your 10, 12, 13, 14 goals a season. But he's sort of like, you know, he, he's sort of bigged up as this, this, this big-time frontman player. And, I mean, we're Bristol City. Again, they're one of these clubs. I call them the ultimate seventh-place team. They will always challenge and challenge and challenge, and then they will just fall away. And I think Millwall showed what kind of a soft underbelly they got. But who gives a fuck? Let's talk about the Millwall performance. Let's look at Jed Wallace. Again, again, I don't really want to talk about him, uh, Nick, because I kind of want Millwall to hang on to him. Um, yep. You know, any, any scouts that are listening right now, please turn off now. Yeah, um, you know, what can you say? What a cool finish for the first goal. What a cool finish. He's combining so well with Marlon Romeo. Those two work as a as a double act. Jed is getting the glory. Um, Marlon is a very, very good attacking player. Someone made the point on Twitter, I can't remember who it is now, but the, the ball that uh, Marlon played in for Jed, the pass was inch perfect. That gives Jed the time and space to make his run and slot in. What a great finish that was. Um, but I think we do need to acknowledge Marlon's, um, you know, he's, he's, the, uh, he's combining very, very well with Jed at the moment. And that, that's part of the storyline. Um, can we keep him? I think that's probably the, um, I've seen so many different valuations today for him online, uh, Mike. He's gone from 9 million to 10 million, 15 million, 20 million. Um, who knows? Who knows what he's worth in the current market? But if we can keep mm. him, I think he's going to be key if we can keep him to a real exciting run in the second half of the season, potentially. Exactly. And and he's impossible to defend against, I think, because he just switches between the left, the central, the middle. He's basically got a free roam. Um, and so you can't man mark him. You can't double up on him. He will just turn up somewhere. And then all of a sudden, you know, he's in, does a bit of trickery, you know, for the goal, for example. Arguably, the keeper could have done a little bit better. But, um, you know, I, I'm not going to knock Jed for, you know, his shot and his attempt. But um, in regards to valuation, so I've had the pleasure of reading the Birmingham Mail today. in, in <laughs> as, as one show. does. As one um, does. Yeah, yeah, it was a natural kind of daily routine of mine. Um, and it, they're, they're, they're reporting on him very, very closely. So I would say that this Aston Villa interest is is extremely real. Um, 10 million, in my opinion, is a joke. And I think back to when Britta Belonga joined Middlesbrough, I think a couple of seasons ago, yeah. 15, yeah. 15 million 15 pounds. million, yeah. yeah. Yeah, who's a championship striker, bit of a lump, hasn't really done that well for Middlesbrough in all honesty. Um, and if you've got someone who's, you know, can do a lot more than that and create chances and be the heartbeat of your team, you know, upwards of, he should be worth upwards of 15 million easily. Um, and especially if you're looking at the market two years ago. Um, so, uh, yeah, uh, uh, in this form, certainly he's, he's worth more than 15 million, in my opinion. As mad as that may sound for a Millwall player. <laughs> I, I think it's interesting to see, I mean, Jed, we've always known as a, a very good player, and he had some interest when the Savile, Jules Savile move took place with the, a double bid, I think, from Middlesbrough. I, I don't know what, what the valuation of that double bid was, but certainly eight million was uh, Jules Savile's valuation. I think probably Jed at the time was felt to be on a par, but this season 
and particularly in recent recent um, weeks since the change of management, I just think Jed seems a player transformed. And I, I'm, I, I think he's he's clearly a confidence player. He's, he's got to have the confidence to try these moves and these and make these runs. He's been given a, a roving kind of commission to go anywhere that he wants to, and he'll be backed in that decision. Whereas I think. Um, Neil was Neil Harris was something of a straight line manager, wasn't he? he was he had his set set formation. Jed was a right sided winger, that was his job, and that was kind of it. Whereas I think under this new regime, and it's interesting because I, I, when we first appointed Rowett, I expected something a little bit more rigid. Um, but yet he's been given this free role to go anywhere. And look at the damage he's doing. Look at the the the, the, the valuation now must be huge compared to where he was at the start of the season. Yeah, no, agreed. And and I think the way you know if you're playing this sort of five-three-two, um, especially when you're given this kind of free roam role that, that, as you say, he is. Yeah, he has that ability to actually not worry about defending as much because he's not really a good defender particularly you know you don't want him sort of charging back and 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 he's actually got with that formation you go right Jed you you focus on getting the ball out and getting it forward and then let that back five and you let Williams you know or so forth sit in uh, and let Jed do the business there Um, and that's what I think's really opened up especially away from home uh, and seeing the performances that, that we're seeing at the moment. Yeah it'd be wonderful if we can keep him but I, I do wonder if the numbers get big enough and you know Aston Villa with their Premier League money can probably dangle that kind of cash around then um do, do, do you well, think they'll come in it do you think they'll come in in January though I mean from what I keep reading they may do but and and, and I suppose you know it depends what Millwall value value him as you know we've turned down bids for I think it was £5 million from Glasgow Rangers for Jake Cooper, for example, mm. which on oh, another few years ago, we would have said thank you very much. Um, absolutely, absolutely. We, we, we'll kind of take that. But um, but also from Jed's perspective, you know, what's he thinking? He's a very grounded player now. And he had that, you know, failed move to Wolves when he was playing in Portsmouth League 2, jumped two leagues, didn't work out. And that's when he started, you know, loaning to us. And then obviously we signed him. It's, you know, whether he thinks, you know, just need to continue this form until the end of the season, what happens. But then again, if Villa come in with a valuation that we think is correct, we're not going to say no to 10, 15 million pounds. I mean, that would be a farcical decision. I, I really th- I really think that we, we if... If they do do that, what you've just said, Mike, if they do accept mm. the money, we'll see Rowett actually be given the opportunity to bring his own players in rather than coaching yeah. what he's yeah. got. You know, and let's be fair, he's done a very, very, very good job so far in coaching what he's got. And I still maintain that, you know, the, the phrase we use, Nick, that day uh, uh, where, you know, it was Rowett's first home game in George, we sat down and, and we said sort of the shackles have been let, let let off. And I really still maintain that. I also maintain that Millwall have got themselves a more streetwise, more experienced manager here. Someone who can maybe, who's, who's not afraid to change things up. He, he He's not afraid to take risks. Um, whereas maybe Neil Harris was so, not stuck, but he wanted to keep it a certain way and, and, and wouldn't sort of leave leave at it. And, and, and we see Jeb Wallace and he's emerged and, and he's smashing it. I just I think, if this is going to be an opportunity now for Rout to go and spend a bit of his own money. Yeah, potentially. I mean, I, 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 I think we all, everyone on this show, everyone listening to the show, you probably go around in circles in your own head as to the wisdom of, of A, no one wants to see one of the best players we've we've had in a very long time go. Um, but then again, the money it generates, and as you've just pointed out rightly there, Aaron, a, a manager like Gary Rowett can use that cash to bring in and improve on the current squad. 
Um, our, our target must be to get as high up the, the division and get as close as possible to the playoff spots. And if that transaction enabled that to happen, then you'd call it good business. It, 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 retaining Wallace may be the key to that. Letting him go may be to the, 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 the key to it. It's, it's going to be, this is what management is, um, is paid to do. It's yeah, from our side though, you know, January is not a big time to be spending a lot of money though. You know, if he if he does leave for this big amount of money, uh, you know, is the recruitment team already looking at replacements? Is have we got someone potentially, you know, in mind? Um, are we going to maybe use Conor Mahoney as a, a, a sort of that replacement potentially? He's got uh, bundles of ability, Mahoney. Not necessarily seen it a lot yet, but could he be the player to just replace Wallace for the for the short term? Uh, I don't know. If we get rid of him in January, I fear for the rest of the season. Uh, you know, it, well, he, Jed Wallace will not be replaced. No, not not to his level. No, he won't be. Um, also, from Jed's point of view, I mean, I, you know, again, it's a big decision for him. He's got the financial security for for himself to think about, but also, would he walk into the Villa side and and, and would he be a regular mm-hmm. first choice pick in the Premier League? He is a player that seems, as you said, grounded and honest. I, I dug out a quote from him from recently where he's um he's, he's talking about his commitment to Mills says I'll keep doing what I'm doing now play every week I've signed here three times at the, then people know how committed I am to Millwall and I think there is an element of that I think he wants to do an honest job and you know I, th- I think there's there's footballing considerations as well as the financial considerations for him um we'll see we'll see I, I think if we can retain his services to the end of the season by by some method, who knows whether that's uh, deals can be done on that front? Then it could be a massive piece in the jigsaw that could take us, who knows where? You know, the playoffs don't look so outrageous. You know, a prospect as as maybe they would have done not so long ago. It's Achtung, Mailball. Should we jump from one Wallace to another, from Jed to Murray Wallace? Because he, he he's not been bad, has he? He's been pretty he- good. Superb. I think last night it was probably one of the best performances I've seen him play. And um, I know there's been a lot of conversation around fans and on this show as well, is that he, you know, just fitting in at left back and Rowett's comments as well. You know, Rowett was a centre half occasionally had to fit in at right back. But, um, you know, Murray Wallace is is really actually making that position his own. And I, I think especially in a back five as well, where, you know, he's got a little bit more support perhaps behind him, where, he he was going forward kind of he looked very comfortable on the ball doing some little turns where I was thinking is that Murray Wallace <laughs> you know last night I, I couldn't believe it you know uh, yeah I mean, he's um uh, you know I I don't think he is necessarily the long term solution for us but week upon week I'm thinking actually is maybe maybe he is it's it's strange I um got uh... Every, this at this time of the year, you get these kind of best of type lists to do. And Sky sent one through for the team of the decade, and I was thinking about some of the functional players that we've had at the Den. And Murray Wallace falls into this category where you you, you find yourself. I'm thinking about Alan Dunn particularly. He's not he's not the long term solution. Um, he's probably not good enough in a position. He does a great job in that position, but we're always looking for someone better. And then somehow there's a career forged. And Murray, I think, will be this kind of player. A career will be forged before your very eyes without always, you know, whilst everyone looks for the better option that may or may not come to pass. 
Um, I think it's going to be an interesting trip to Derby on Saturday. I know we'll, 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 we haven't touched on the the um, you know the the, uh, the 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 next next game yet, but I mean there's some interesting players. I'm sure if uh, Rowick can get some funds to play with by whatever method, then there may be players. I mean, he's, he's mentioned this uh, Vidra, is it Aaron? Um, That's it, Vidra. Vidra. He's a funny one, you know that. I mean Vidra. Vidra's such an odd player because he came in to Watford on loan from Udinese. I'm talking about six, seven, eight years ago. Went to Watford on loan. They signed him on a permanent, then immediately loaned him out again. Um, And then he went to the... He couldn't quite cut it. Went to Derby, couldn't quite cut it. Now he's rotting at Burnley, can't quite cut it, which is... It's just odd. I think at Derby, he did all right. But in fact, actually, no, he did quite well. Sorry, I apologise about that. Did quite well at Derby. He got picked up up by Sean Dyche at Burnley, who has a habit of just stockpiling strikers. He's never going to use. No, Naki Wells, uh, Matos Vidra, you know, a few. few, I'm sure, I don't even know if Sam Vokes gets a game from these days. But anyway, Sam Vokes at Stoke now, isn't he? Yeah, there you go. He got sold. So, you know, Vidra's one of them. Um, Pacey, different can play sort of off the left, can play off the right. He's a good player. It's just that Gary Rowe has mentioned his name a few times in the, the forum and I've seen some of the post-match interviews he's done. It's, it's just a name that he's dropped every now and again. And you do wonder whether, you know, um, this trip to Derby on Saturday might generate some um, conversations on looking at their, their side. They're not, they're not doing very well at all at the moment. He, he clearly has links with the club. And who knows? You know, there may be options that, that come come in, in January that might um, enliven our, our season in some way. It remains to be seen. But no, I, I, I find um, Murray Wallace quite an inspiring story. I know it's quite an odd point to make in a course of a Millwall podcast. But, you know, he's got a fairly uh, workmanlike career um, CV, isn't he? Um, Scunthorpe, I think, and uh, Motherwell, I believe, up in Scotland. Um, and yet, there he is. He's been put into a, into a position and, you know, starting left back now and he's making the most he can possibly make of himself. What more can anyone do in this life? You know, I think yeah. it's quite, quite inspirational. I'll tell you what, I just wanted to sort of pay tribute to Jim Smith. Um, yeah. I mean, genuinely, like, I met him a few years ago, years ago at Pride Park. What a nice chap. Just like, you know, the bald eagle. I, I remember him from sort of my, my childhood days and he had this thing about bringing in players from over uh, overseas uh, and abroad and just, just you know, some of the names he brought into English football were absolutely brilliant. And I actually haven't seen a bad word said about him. And it's rare when you go into football and you look around, you see, you know, a lot of fans of clubs just giving him, giving people shit. But with Jim Smith, everyone seemed to, you know, have a, everyone used to sort of warm to him and they thought it was a nice enough feature. Maybe he didn't get enough recognition. Just reading uh, online as well, apparently there will be a tribute before that game. Um, mm-hmm. Derby Mill on Saturday. So, uh, yeah, it'd be nice to know. Uh, it'd be nice to know what it's all about. Real old school character. You don't get managers that look like Jim Smith anymore, do you? It's, I don't know what, <laughs> what they've done to themselves, but they, they don't look like Jim Smith anymore. He's one of the old school. There was a wonderful um, anecdote. I, I, I presume it's true. Sometimes you, people at a certain level get stories made up about them that people want to be true about when he'd signed an Argentine Tarantini, I think, um, yeah. for Birmingham, I think. Um, and he'd, he'd written on the... Um, uh, Tarantini apparently didn't, didn't speak a lot of English, and um, it, in the team meeting he wrote uh, B A L and G O A L, which uh, Tarantini said he knew those words, and he said uh, replied, you know, "It's not for you, Alberto. It's for the rest of the squad to look at ball and goal <laughs> this way." Mm. <laughs> I mean, it's just a wonderful anecdote, and you don't 
seeing managers like that so much. So yeah, R.I.P. Jim Smith, real character, lost yeah. for the game. There we are. Achtung, Mailball. Friday night, yeah, um, another uh, good performance. Um, certainly in the first half, we were. Leading, I noticed. Um, I think Alex Pierce uh, mentioned the need to have more of a clinical edge, and I wondered last night at Bristol whether we might, you know, uh, rue our lack of clinical edge when we're just one goal in front, and um, you know, long, long periods of the game passed. But certainly that was a story of the first half against Forest. We got ourselves in front, created a number of decent chances, a lot of possession, and made another decent team look quite ordinary. Um, they certainly came back at us in the second half and the, the, the Panto villain himself, Lewis Graben, got two goals to put them 2-1 ahead. Um, and I must admit, that I, I felt really um, like a, you know, like, like a game had been stolen from us when, when the, mm. their, 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 uh, what I thought was the winning goal, 2-1, went in. But um, lo and behold, up pops a shot from Sean Williams, another another survivor, um, a player that, you know, we, we've mentioned Murray Wallace, Sean Williams, another survivor. He's been around since 2014 from Milton Keynes Dons. And he's, he's become a Millwall mainstay and he's he's got his shooting boots on. He's given the confidence to shoot, I guess, Mike. Um, mm. sp- spilled into the bath of AOB and, and there we are. We're back in it again, two each. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, and it was disappointing because overall we we thoroughly deserved to win that game. But as you say, we just did not take our chances sort of early on. They they were horrendous in that first half. Though. First I, half, I, I could yeah. I couldn't believe him. And and I've got a mate that's a Forest fan, and um, he couldn't believe they started that this Rafa Murr up front, who's ultimately a donkey and and obviously they brought their two boys on with Lolly and Graben and ultimately that changed the game and you know a little bit of poor defending maybe naiveness from us to kind of concede those two goals but thoroughly deserved at least a, a point there um and a good Aidan O'Brien right place right time merchant if he's playing in that position um goalkeeper should have should have done a lot better if we're honest but AOB was there. Apparently, he was scoring screamers in training all week, and then he uh, gets that tap end on the uh, tap in on the weekend. So, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see about about old Aiden. But um, he's one of those. He just won't go away. Aiden, no, he won't. So the, the moment you kind of we discussed it a lot on the podcast. Where is it? Is you know time at the den up? Is he not good enough? He certainly was faded out under Harris and. Comes on, scores the goal. Not played very much under Rowett, but Rowett himself has said, you know, there may be space for Aiden to kind of get involved, and he's been exceptional uh, training as well. So, you know, we might well see a, a bit more of Aiden. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I think, um, I mean, Aiden is is a is a goal scorer. I think you can probably mm. criticise some fairly substantial parts of his game over the course of his career at the Den, but he's he is a survivor, as as you say. Um, mm. I I still think. There's a player in Aidan O'Brien. There's a there's a really good player in Aidan O'Brien, and I really do wonder, and I'm interested to see the influence and impact that the Rowett and his coaching team can have on him. Because, um, you know, the, the way it, to be in that position, you've got to put yourself in the right position and get the chance. You've yeah. got to tuck it away. Mm-hmm. Um, people get paid a lot of money to do that, and it's not an easy skill to have. And Aidan does have that. I, I really am interested to see what development can take place with Aidan O'Brien because I'd love to see him come along. I really would. My, my question for you, Nick. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. 
This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. In fact, it's sort of a, a two-pronged question. One, is he clinical enough? And two, is he bulky enough to play up top in the championship week in, week out? I, I, uh, is he clinical enough? I think he is clinical. He's he, He's been played on the wing. I don't think he's a winger. I know that there's been this endless debate over Aiden O'Brien as to what position he plays best at. And I think we saw that on Friday night, last couple of minutes, a shot, and there's a loose ball in the penalty area. And there's Aiden O'Brien. He's, he's a, he's a, he's a goal-scoring finisher. Um, I think give him the, the chance, and maybe you'd have to slightly build the team to, to suit his style. Um, he's not going to be a muscular bruiser. He's no Matt Smith, is he? He's not going to kind of impose himself on defenders, but there's there's always a role. I mean, I, th- I think we're seeing Jed Wallace now. He's not a, f- a physically strong player in the conventional sense, um, but he's, he's using his his, his, um, his football brain to his best advantage. That's what Aidan O'Brien's got to do, and I think that's where he'll, 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 he'll strike success. I really hope it comes together for Aidan O'Brien. I'd love to see it happen. I think, I think though, Jed is not afraid to get stuck in. He'll put the odd sliding tackle in. He'll, he'll muscle someone off the ball. But Aidan O'Brien, you know, we have never seen that. Uh, no, and I always, no. you know, going up for a header, for example, the amount of fouls he gives away just because he's too scared to get hurt uh, or, you know, just not getting anywhere near the ball, for example. We, we see that countless times. And I think the answer to your question, Aaron, is probably you need an element of physicality and clinicalness to be successful in this this league. And that's someone that someone like Tom Bradshaw has and someone like Aidan O'Brien does not have. Yeah, or that, or that, has it has not shown it yet, and I think that's the that's the fork how, in the road. That's uh, the, how uh, long do we? Yeah, and, and that's ultimately how long how long can you give the guy? I mean, <laughs> has he not, you know, has he not had a few chances? I think I think he has. But um, it depends, it's probably, if, Aiden, if Aiden's happy to just sit on the bench and get the odd, you know, appearance and minutes, I mean, you know, he'll be a good squad player. But ultimately, if he wants to go anywhere in his career, in my opinion, he still he needs to leave. I think if he's leaving, I mean his problem, and this is his fork in the road. I think you're, I think you're right, and I, 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 I can't argue any of the points that you've made there because Aiden's career speaks for itself, and he's been at the Den a long time and has never established himself as a first choice. Uh, he's, he's Mr. Substitute, isn't he? You know, he's, he's, he's never been the player that you'd pick as first in your your list, and yet he probably should be because he's got the talent 
Um, it's the mental application and the 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 what should we call it? The spirit side of the game, I suppose, which separates the Jed Wallaces from the Aiden O'Briens. That is what I think is probably a critical point because I think Rowett will suss that out quite quickly. And if he does move, if he doesn't make it under Gary Rowett, the movement will be downwards rather than um, upwards. I, I think he'll he'll be back into League One at some point if he doesn't make this happen right here, right now. So big big moment for Aiden O'Brien, I think, coming up. Yeah, agreed. Could, could we sidetrack to just talking slightly about Jason Malumbi by any chance? Yes, because, absolutely. Um, you know, man of the match, um, according to several people at Bristol City. Is there an opportunity for us to sign him? In my opinion, no. Um, I think we would love to sign him. Um, don't get me wrong. But um, his, 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 the ability last night was just unreal. I think it was, I read Ryan's blog, actually, 85%. Mm success passing i mean yeah he was sensational you know under 21 ireland captain he's he's got i think he's another level than ourselves and i think people saying we should sign him i keep seeing over twitter i don't think we stand a chance i i'd be amazed if we can so i mean we might be able to get him mm. for the se- season and that may be mm. what we need to to focus on i think he's brighton's player I think he does have the talent. I mean, those stats—I I can't remember what they were now, but they were—they were, you know, stellar. You know, in terms of um, his performance last night, and the 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 boy is a real prospect. He's a real deal, in my opinion, and I can't believe that Bryant will let him go for, <laughs> for Millwall, no. Millwall money. You know, especially <laughs> with Potter in charge. Especially with Potter in charge. Um, you know, you've seen they've got a boy up front, Aaron Connolly. He doesn't care who's there. He's looking to 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 you know sort of promote from within. Yeah, well, think, Potter's a believer in good football and Malumbi's that, you know, that, exactly that, exactly that. But yeah, what a great, what a great player, what a great, um, even as a loan signing, if you're going to get a loan signing and make it a good one, and we, we, we certainly, um, you know, certainly done that with Jason Malumbi. I, I, I can see him going the, the distance, very highest levels. He's, he's that good. Achtung, Milbein. Yeah, I think the next few weeks are make or break for a lot of teams, not just uh, not just Absolutely. Milton. It's going to be really interesting to see how, how things pan out in the championship on a whole. Um, you know, we're going to see sort of more managers in trouble. It, it's quite a fascinating time of year, Christmas. It is really sort of make or break uh, um, time. You see Fulham and Bristol City losing, West Brom and Leeds are, well, West Brom are just if. Or an different, different glass. I think those two are out of sight now, Aaron, really. I mean, mm. they're, they're Fulham 35 points, and you've got West Brom second to, as of tonight. We're recording on the Wednesday evening, so they're going to be playing later, 45 and Leeds top on 46. What? I think you've got Leeds and West Brom look like they should be, should be automatically promoted. I can't believe anyone's going to overturn. Chaps, now I want, I want to sort of get one. I want to ask you a question. I want to ask you a question. Go on. You know, one thing that has sort of irritated me is that, um, you know, the praise that people give Brentford because they go out, they play the champagne football, they go and destroy teams. It, it It's quite funny. I mean, don't get me wrong. They have a superior goal difference to Millwall by, you know, quite a sizable amount by 15 goals. But they're on the same number of points. So why do Millwall not get the same amount of praise? As a Brentford, why do Mill will not get the same amount of praise as a Swansea City? Because everyone's talking about how good a job that Steve Cooper's done on basically no budget. By the way, they're they're going to be in free fall soon enough. They're they're they're, they're dropping now. But I just it really sort of baffles me. Do you, you know what I mean? Like how Brentford and Swansea, these two teams that play attacking football, get praised so much, but yet Mill don't. 
And we've we've turned it around quite recently, comparatively. I mean, I think under under Neil Harris, certainly probably over the course of the Neil Harris reign, really, which was you know four years in total. We we played probably Millwall football as it's been traditionally known, which is a fairly League One uh, bruising up and under style. Exciting on its day. We've had some good moments, you know. Think back to the Everton game, the the, the playoff near miss season, the Leicester and, and and all the rest. We and the you know the playoff final. We but it was a fairly um, how can we put it proletarian style. You know, it wasn't it didn't aspire to be any more than four four two hit Steve Morrison, big long diagonal balls from Jake, and, and that's that was the the storyline. Whereas Brentford's um somehow in over the and Swansea also have also carved out this kind of um continental Dutch um passing beautiful game reputation. Um they've been at it longer than the Millwall certainly have. It's only in the last few weeks that we've been raving over Millwall's football in truth. Um the table points. don't lie, though, Nick. The, the table, table don't lie. The table, the table don't table lie. Well, right? no, I, well, let's not forget Brentford beat Luton 7-0. So I think that kind of partially <laughs> plays into their, um, their, their superior goal difference. But if you minus that, you know, they're, they're not on any much better goal difference than many around that area in the table. But I see, I think we are starting to get a little bit of exposure, specifically... Um, about Jed Wallace's performances um, continuously see online and a lot of um, fans, I think Nottingham Forest fans on Twitter were moaning about the amount of um, amount of talk about Jed Wallace during the game. Everything he seemed to do was was praised and um, we're starting to get that. And I think with, with Rowett as well, who is a, you know, a, a through and through championship manager, everyone knows his sort of name. Um, people are focusing on us a, a, a bit more. Um, but not to say the extent of those two teams, but I think, yeah, I, I don't think it's, yeah, it's not a big, big talking point necessarily. It's interesting. I was listening to the commentator on the Red Buttons um, channel on Sky last night, who I described as um, an Alan Partridge on Tomazapam. He's like a depressive kind of Alan <laughs> Partridge. Um, but that is, it, it's interesting to hear the image that the club has in other people's minds. And it is this. Um, you know, there was a kind of slight sense of um, amazement that a that we were taking the game to Bristol, um, and secondly, containing this this so-called showpiece uh, club quite so so well as we did. Um, long may it continue. I, I I don't have a problem with it particularly. Um, you know, empty vessels make the most noise. And if people want to rave about Brentford and and, and Swansea. Fine, um, as you said rightly there, the table don't lie, Aaron, and um, mm. we're, we're we're well placed. Four points off of Preston. There's a good few clubs between us and Preston in sixth spot, but um, as we've said, busy period coming up and an interesting January looming. So, um, if we're still in the mix at the end of January, um, the the den factor starts to take hold, the mania starts to take hold, anything becomes possible. Um, so I'd sooner be in our position than. Um, than many others at the moment, you know. Uh, and as I say, long long may that continue. That 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 slightly uh, patronising attitude that people have towards Mill. We've we, we lived our life around it. Achtung, Millwall. Some good work from the club this week. Uh, they hosted an event called Our Biggest Match, an anti-racism event at the Den with uh, Kick It Out. I mean, it would have been nice to have gone, but. You know, <laughs> I thought I thought it was for the media, Aaron. I thought you'd be there. Uh, he's, he's, he's the media. He's in the media. It's not, yeah. like you, not like you and me, Mike. You know? No, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> no, well done,
let's leave aside the uh, the the the. the, the <laughs> It's fine. It's fine. When, 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 when people need backing up again in the in the press and, and on the beat, then uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. reason I, reason I put it on our agenda is a it happened. It's at the Den, and there are, I think about fifty football clubs from across the football league that are invited. It is a major fucking issue in the game, and I, and I know that. Some people's, um, you know, get huff and puff when they hear the word mentioned. But as we saw in the uh, the Manchester derby quite recently and on other occasions, too numerous to mention, it's it's a curse in the game and we've got to deal with it. It's got to be sorted out. You can't carry on like it is. It's not an issue of free free speech and all the other shit that I, I read about when people quote it. It needs dealing with. Um, you know, we, we saw it at Manchester City, one of the the wealthiest club in in, in English football um and it, it, we've we've seen it in non league i think it was um hartlepool we had incidents there it's got it's got to be dealt with you can't carry on like this and well done for millwall for taking the uh take, picking up the baton and running with it um it, it, just going back to who was invited it is interesting who was invited and that's partly the reason why i had a slight uh my my tongue slightly in my cheek because there was paul jiggins who is a millwall fan he works for the Sun. Um, Anne Marie Batson. I, I, is she on Sky? I don't, I don't know. Anne no, Marie. she's well. Yeah. Uh, carry on, Nick. Carry on. All right. Um, Jim White, who could not wait to get on the bandwagon, um, as as the Sun so often does. You know, the Sun, the newspaper that um, to this day is, is tainted with the Hillsborough and coverage and and other other incidents since um, and in the way it handles this stuff. But they were there, Jim White and Darren Lewis. So I, I don't know who he is, but um, they were there to to help um, provide fascinating insights into the way the press report unsavoury incidents. I'm, um, I'm sure I'm sure it'll be fascinating, Nick. And one thing I want to say, um, you know, I hope this doesn't happen. But God forbid, God forbid this does happen again at Millwall or some form of incident happens. I'd love to read what these people write and what they say. And the shit they spew about the club, they will, like, they will put, they will, they will do what they feel the narrative insists. Absolutely, and and, and you know, you know, you know, they 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 will carry on. You know, let let me let me let me tell you something. This is this is not me, um, being. I don't know what the word you want to use is. This this is this is me just telling it as it is. You know, people look at certain organisations in football. People look at certain organisations and they think, you know what. They're great. They're this. They're that. They're the other. Do you know what? They think their shit don't stink. They mm. think their shit don't stink. Believe me, it smells more than other fucking people's. Believe me. Like there are, you know, I, I'm just I'm sort of astounded. I'm sort of astounded. You know, these are the people who come six months time. God forbid again it happens. God forbid something happens. They are the ones who are going to be smearing the biggest shit about this club about the place. And granted, you know, it's it's brilliant that you know they've had the opportunity to come and do it, but there are other people, and I'm not bringing myself into this. Um, there are other people who have gone out on a limb to defend this club, and they weren't even considered. They weren't no, even I, considered. No one, no Still one shouting. stood up. No one stood up for us in the aftermath of Evan. Apart from your good self, uh, Aaron, mm. um, the bloke who they're all listening to, and this is my point to Millwall Football Club because I know they listen to it. The bloke they're all listening to and lauding as providing fascinating insights, Jim White. Um, was the first one to put the boot in and put the boot in on in, in a way um, that was um, despicable, in my opinion. And now he's standing in front of a, a, a meeting of the great and the good 
to tell us what fascinating ways they're going to cover it. I'll tell you how they'll cover it next time, Millwall, if you're listening. The next incident that happens, and, and in this world, we know things will happen at some point. Someone will be, say, something silly in the moment, and there will be a hoo-ha. They'll be down on Millwall like a ton of bricks, and all the good work mm-hmm. you've done here will be, um, you know, hot air out the window. Let, 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 let me tell you yeah. something. Let me tell you something. You know, um, this this is this is uh, uh, um, going to be really sort of key now, this next message. They don't give a fuck about you, Millwall Football Club. They do not give a fuck about you, mate. All they care about is their show, their paper, selling copies, their Twitter feed, smearing shit on social media. It's great. It's fine. You know what? You know what? Take some advice from people who actually go to games, the people who are actually fans, the people who are actually... I'm never, I'm never going to mention myself in this, but people like you, Nick. People like Mickey Simpson, who, do you know what? You know, who's actually a decent bloke. People who actually want to be in and around the club and who actually want to be proactive to help the club. The people from the community trust who do brilliant work for this club. Don't go and you know, blow smoke car people's asses and go, oh, Jim White, do you know what I mean? You're, you're great, you're this, you're that, and we're going to give you a platform to talk. No, 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 no. Actions speak louder than words. Go and do something good. Instead of holding this conference, well, what's the point? What's, what's the point? Uh, it's, it's designed... Sorry, I'm, I'm talking over you, Mike, at the moment. Well, I can't really repeat much more than, than you said. I think ultimately these people are in a, in a game to sell paper and get clicks online. You know, a lot of it is hot air and ultimately Mill's um, reputation, uh, whatever that is, um, will we'll feel the brunt. Um, you know, it's good that we've hosted something like this and tried to, you know, kind of bring together everyone and think of some, some potential strategy. Not, not sure exactly what that strategy is but at least you know we are doing our utmost as a club but you're right again Aaron it, it's how it's reported <laughs> and, and uh, you know the next thing if something you know, god forbid again does happen at Millwall it will be right back kind of where we started from our you know like the Everton uh, debacle. There's only one there's no, I'm, I'm not a journalist um, I've never trained in anything of that kind I just, I just see what I see and read what I read there's there's one balance with any any matter of any kind in the news is it newsworthy which is this kind of um, emotive reaction to an event so if there's an incident for example at the den like um, someone you know shouts something or does something um, that's newsworthy because it's at Millwall and it fits in with a cartoon image of the club as this kind of, um, you know, re- repose of thugs and criminals and, you know, um, that's 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 what you get at the den. If something happens at um, Forest Green, is that newsworthy? <laughs> no one gives a shit what goes on at Forest Green. It's not newsworthy. It's it, it, that's the um, that's how they'll, they'll weigh up any future incidents. And Millwall Football Club, yeah, hats off. It looked like a corporate kind of training event where you were break. Breakout sessions and you you write on your post-it notes all the great things that you've done or can do or should do. I don't think you have to go very far to know how the media works, really. Um, I hope it helps us out when something happens in the future. But I I, I, well, I, I, I think you know, hope, hope is a funny thing, Nick. and and I think what you've just said, mate, is 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 pretty hopeless, pal. Because they will turn, they will turn, mate, they will turn. All I ask this club to do is, you know, the people that have backed you. The people who will fucking go out there and try and spread a positive message about you, you know what? Shout them out sometime. Don't don't, don't blow smoke up people's asses. Achtung, Mailball. Anyway, moving on, chat. Moving on. 
Um, moving on to the weekend's fixture, Derby. Uh, Derby. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, Derby's going to be an interesting one at Pride Pot. Obviously, it's going to be an emotional day for them because of the passing of Smith. But one thing I'll say is I think they're, they're, they're a wounded animal there for the taking. Wayne Rooney hasn't quite started there yet. Um, he's, he's on the bench as a coach. But under Philip Koku, they, they haven't been at their best. They've only won six games all season out of 20, uh, won one in their last five. I'm hoping for another three points and, and, and to, you know, to let the, the run carry on. Yeah, that, it seems like a bit of a circus down there, doesn't it, with the whole Richard Keogh thing this season and the two other players and Philip Koku in charge, you know. Um, and what I love about the romance of, of football is Millwall will be facing a manager who's played for Barcelona for over 200 appearances <laughs> and over 100 appearances for the Netherlands as well against Gary Rowett, which is, uh, is, is just fantastic. But... Uh, yeah, they're, 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 as you say, they, they've not really kind of kicked off um, and, uh, and they look like a poor side. I, I, I thought he might have been sacked by now, to be honest. And um, it, it seems like his job is under a, maybe a little bit of pressure, especially if uh, if we beat them. And, and Wayne Rooney uh, coming back to play at Derby is just a very strange thing. And this thing about, you know, they're sponsored by this Bet32 company and he's wearing the number 32 number. And just kind of all these odd things that seem to be happening at, at that club, which, yeah, I, I, to summarise, we can go there and win. I just think it's, it seems to be a strange place at the moment, Derby. I'll tell you what, Mike, I will stick £10 on happily with 32 red today. That 32 red, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> great, great Wayne Rooney will become their interim manager at some point. You do get that feeling. It's just, it has a stunt feel to it. Um, and as you know, as, as you say there, Mike, oh, 32, he's number 32, it's 32 red, blah bloody blah blah it, it does have that kind of feeling about it. I mean, this is a big club. Derby County that's not that's underperforming. They're 16 from just looking at the the table, 25 points, so five points behind it, Old Millwall. Um, and if they lose, then you do wonder whether you know Mr. Barcelona and Mr. Holland might well be out the door, and in comes Wayne, an unproven Wayne. I, I don't know what kind of manager he would make. Um, I think it's a very winnable game. From what I saw last night, if we can reproduce the same performance, the same kind of, I guess we'll go for another three-man defence like we did last night at, uh, at Bristol. I guess we'll go for the same. That'll be Pierce back at um, Derby. Again, there's going to be a lot riding on it. And Rowett, I think, obviously was manager of Derby in the past. So mm-hmm. he won't want to won't want to lose this one. And if he can come away with a victory, then um, that'll make for a sweet night for, the, uh, for, for us all. So um, based on last night's showing, where we looked so good up until the goal, I fancy us. I, I do fancy us to go and get something out yeah. of it. And I never thought yeah. I'd be saying stuff like this, Mike. You know, this is <laughs> this, this is well, we, a season transformed it, suddenly. It is. And um, not forgetting, we, we did win there 1-0 last season. Um, Jed Wallace shot. Yeah. <laughs> scored. Um, yeah. turned, turned Ashley Cole inside out, I believe. Um, so, yeah, uh, certainly with all that's going on with them, as I say, they sound like a bit of a circus and our performance on, on Tuesday. The only thing is, you know... <laughs> When we get into like Tuesday, that last sort of ten minutes, and we start to tire and we start to get a little bit less disciplined, is just those legs on on Saturday. Another away game against a big club, and as you say, all that's going on down there is you know, can we find the the energy with initially basically the same 
team roughly that's going to kind of play up there again it, it, it will be tough but you know uh, it, it kind of it's strange to just say that you know I wouldn't be surprised if we won and it's, and no, it's a lovely feeling no. to say that I just want to mention before we close uh, Bart Bielkowski because you know we're, we're raving about the performance last night and and certainly in large slices of um, Friday night um, and we'll probably be up against it again at times at, at Derby. Bart Bielkowski is making match saving and match winning saves regularly. I mean, there was an early chance last night where uh, there was a sloppy pass actually from uh, Jake and uh, made a great save to keep it to nil nil. It was on three minutes. That was their best chance in the whole game, pretty much, apart from the goal. And then um, late, when it was when it was two one, he made another save late. And these are these are. It's, it's easy to look at the Jeds and the Marlons and, and the Malumbies and, you know, the Bens and all the rest of them. But Bart in, in goal, we've mentioned them a few times, but I think I will carry on mentioning because that that man has saved us a number of crucial goals. And, you know, long may that continue. I think he's going to be one of our major signings in January if we can get him on a permanent basis, if there is money mm. to be to be you know, sloshed around. Good keepers win you points. Absolutely, Simple. they do. Simple. He's a good keeper, isn't he? First yeah. keeper we've had in that in that match winning mode since Denzel, I think back in the, back in the, uh, you know, the, the early two thousands um, is, is, is one of the, one of the best goalkeepers I've seen in a very long time at the den. So we do need to sign him if we can. I hope the club mm. are listening. If they haven't switched off by now after our rant about the <laughs> kick, kick it out event. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we definitely, so we, we mentioned it on a show a few weeks ago. It's a, you know, he is loving it at the wall. Uh, and that's for sure. Absolutely loving it. It's it's just this whole thing with the old medical situation. <laughs> can we just forego that knee, terrible? Yeah. Well, it's just can we forego that complete medical debacle that we had before, that which meant we didn't sign him permanently? Can we just forget about that now and just sign him? <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. And and as I remember, Harry said, you know, Frank Fielding passed a medical and then played thirty five <laughs> minutes and we've not seen him since. So disappeared um, yeah. Exactly. So. <laughs> Uh, it'd be a funny one that we'll just sign and let's just keep the medical, uh, you know, hush from the summer. Absolutely. So, score go. predictions then. Uh, shall I start? Go on, uh, you start, Michael. Okay. Um, I'll go Derby County 1, Millwall 2. Ooh. I'm going to go Derby County 0, Millwall 1. Nice. I'm going Derby uh, 1, Millwall 3. 3? Oh. Yeah, I can just see the mo- the momentum. Yeah, I like your optimism, the, Aaron. The momentum, yeah, as 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 they say. <laughs> I like it, mate. I but, like uh, it. I think it could be good. I think, and I hope it is good. I really, really hope it is. Um, chaps, thank you very much for joining me this week. Thank you uh, for listening wherever you are. If you're on the way to Pride Park, uh, whatever you're doing, um, thanks for taking us uh, with you. We'll be back next week I'm sure who's on next week um, I think it's Michael Avery I think next Mickey week. Avery young Mickey Avery our very own Dale Winton is back with us <laughs> next week <laughs> thank you to Scalak for actually turning up this week and not being injured thank you to Nick and thank you to you uh, until next time bye for now Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.